You're listening to a Southern Star Media Production. Thanks for listening to the Southern Star Election 2020 podcast. Don't forget to pick up this week's Southern Star for all the latest election news, including interviews with candidates, analysis and comment. Available every Thursday in shops across West Cork and online from anywhere in the world via www.southernstar.ie. The Southern Star, your go-to destination for election 2020. In West Cork political news this week, the future of Bantry General Hospital, amid rumours that it may be downgraded, was a political hot potato. Former Fianna Fáil member, independent councillor Alan Coleman, threw his hat in the ring for the general election and is recycling his 2016 election posters. And finally, Fine Gael party headquarters emphatically rules out adding Garda Nola Donovan to the ticket despite a petition from West Cork party members. Welcome to episode 3 of the Southern Stars Election 2020 podcast. My name is Siobhan Cronin and I'm the news editor of the Southern Star. On this week's show, we are going to be out and about chatting to voters in Skibbereen and later we will be joined by first-time voter David Giles. But first, we have an in-depth chat with outgoing junior minister Jim Daly. Welcome, Minister. I think you just told me there that you're um, just in name minister, but you're actually not a public representative as of last Tuesday. Yeah. So how is that going for you? Any regrets now that no, you've finally I, made the decision? Yeah, I'd love to say that I have regrets. I don't, uh, thankfully. And I can honestly hand my heart say from the first day I announced last September, I obviously had a decision made months before that. I have had no day since that I've kind of said, God, you know what, I really miss this. Mm-hmm. I think when you want to do something and you know that's what you want to do, it's time to do it and it's the right thing to do. Once your mind and I'm just up. glad that I knew that, you know, it would have mm-hmm. been it would have been wrong to drift into another election and pretend that I was, you know, wanting to be a public rep and continuing to be and all of that. And it would have been the easier thing to do. It was a lot more difficult to actually stand up and say and everybody say, Why, why, why? But it takes a bit of courage to do that, but I'm really glad I did it. And yeah, as of Tuesday this week, I'm no longer a public representative after 16 years of kind of everywhere you go, somebody being able to tug your your arm and say, Jim, Mm. you know, lovely to see you, something nice first. And then they'll go on and say, you know, whatever. What they're Um, looking for. Yes, you know, whatever they're looking for. So it's nice to be a free free agent and private citizen again. Having said that, um, I'd imagine you'll probably miss the excitement because you're quite a political animal. You've always been at the count early in the morning and will we see you again now next February 8th. Uh, would you believe I won't be at the count no? uh, this year? No, I won't. I actually will be abroad as it happens. Uh, something that was booked long before anything I knew about the election. It just happens that uh, I actually um, am flying out of the country, so I'll be gone. Um, I won't be at will the Will you count. be on the phone looking for updates? Uh, uh, yeah, I'm following bit, the Southern Star.ie? Like, yeah, my immediate <laughs> reaction was that, uh, oh my God, I'll have to cancel, uh, but I'm not going to cancel. Um, I'm going, I have a planned break. I'm going to take it. Uh, I'd say we'll have the iPad and it will be non-stop uh, uh, SouthernStar.ie will be, the homepage will be open, no question. Very good. Now, looking back, what were the highlights and the lowlights of the 16 years? 
Look, it, it was a phenomenal journey. It really was. I started out 16 years ago. I can never uh, really express the amount of gratitude I have for the experience. And as I've said previously, if one of my own young fellas said to me tomorrow, Dad, I'd like to be a politician, I'd say, go for it. Okay. You know, um, I had a great run. I, you know, getting elected to the council, becoming mayor of the county, then going on to become a TD, topping the poll. You know, all of those things were amazing experiences. Then you get appointed a minister of state in the Department of Health. Mm-hmm. And so the highlight of the career would have to be, I think, you know, becoming a minister really is, is the end all and like people say oh but you could have waited to become a senior minister the truth is I mean the budget I had as a minister of state was larger than many of my senior colleagues you're in health you're in a more demanding portfolio than many of my senior colleagues the media have you know more of a, a demand for you than many of my senior colleagues so there wasn't really a whole lot more for me to see uh, about being a minister I'd have to say that and the day I was appointed minister of state I went into clinic Hilty hospital probably within a week of it and being able to sit around the table in there with senior HSE managers and, you know, saying, I want to open a transitional care step-down facility at this hospital. And, you know, you get all the negatives and all the reasons why you can't do it. And I turned around and, I, and I'm not somebody with an attitude, but I turned around and I said, uh, folks, this isn't a request. This is an instruction, you know, coming from a minister in the Department of Health now. And so fair enough. And it happened, you know. So, like, that is phenomenal. And that was great. And when I look at the legacy, particularly in health across West Cork, if you look at every community hospital from Goleen, sorry, from Skull to Castown Bear, here in Skibreen, to Manway, you know, Clannacilty, the SADS is going to be turned next week on a five and a half million euro development there. Bandon, a brand new community hospital. The Manway has been renovated top to bottom. Conceal has been renovated. Every one of them have been renovated top to bottom during my tenure. I know, but renovation doesn't always secure the future. And that's what a lot of people are saying about Bantry at the moment. A lot of money has gone into Bantry, mm-hmm. no doubt about it. Yeah. But there's still fears. There's been an email circulated mm-hmm. saying that they are looking for it to be downgraded from, from the HSE's point of view. Yeah. How, how do you feel that's uh, going to pan out? OK, and I will answer that question, but I just want to, uh, to further the answer that I would say that that was the highlight of my career. Being a, and, uh, you know, if you go on further from the community hospitals, look at the primary care centres that were developed, a new one in Kinsale. Bandon has been developed at the moment, a brand new one in Clannacilty. You know, they don't happen by accident at these kind of developments. And then when you move on to Bantry Hospital, there's a €10 million Euro investment secured there. Uh, I was hoping to get it out to tender before, during my time as minister. There is a challenge to the framework from one company that, uh, you know, cannot apply to for the contract. And uh, there's a group of hospitals involved, I hasten to add. So that is delaying it slightly, but that's going to go on a number of weeks. And that's, you know, a 10 million euro investment at Bantry General Hospital, very significant. The issue at the moment is uh, at the mo- uh, e-clinician, a lead clinician, he's the clinical lead. Uh, as you know, over emergency medicine has brought up the issue of uh, Bantry and issues of safety there and that it should, you know, should be considered to reduce it to a Model 2 hospital. Mm. This has been uh, put forward numerous times in history. I'd say if you look over the last 30 years, it has been suggested many times. It has happened, all the other hospitals. If you look at Roscommon, Nina, Innes, many of those hospitals has all, already happened. Them. And well, course, why should Bantry be the exception to the rule? Because room, Bantry is the only rural remote hospital in the entire country. It is the only hospital that has the geographical advantage or disadvantage or challenge that it has. It offers a massive, massive protection to a very, very isolated rural area. If you look at the Ninas and the Innesses and the Ross Commons or whatever, they all are much more geographically centred and much easier access to, uh, you know, to a, a senior acute hospital. So Bantry has always withstood 
that question when it comes along and it, it has raised its head now and it will raise its head again make no bones about it and that's why it's vital that in the next election that people are very responsible with their votes and make sure that they vote I mean it was never going to happen while my watch was here my watch is ended I'm yesterday's news now um, and it won't happen into the future I believe at the moment there genuinely isn't plans I mean I meet with the management team of Cork South South West Hospital sorry the South South West Hospital Group and Bantry three, four, five times every year in Bantry General. This issue has never arisen in my two and a half years as Minister of State. Isn't there enough to scaremongering then that these emails shouldn't be even coming? Well, sure, I mean, people perform proposals all the time. I mean, sure, how many times have we heard proposals that there should be cataracts done in Bantry? You know, or we've heard proposals that, if it is, you know, a proposal is that it's a proposal, right? It's there to be either treated seriously and encouraged or to be shot down immediately. One individual has proposed this. One medical doctor, I hasten to add, not a HC manager. HC management have come out straight away and said there's absolutely no proposals there. And there isn't hand in my heart. I wouldn't lie to anybody. I have no skin in the game at this stage. Uh, I have been really involved in Bantry General Hospital and I think the consultants there will tell you they meet with me three or four times every year. They met with me as soon as they heard this. They rang me straight away and reached out and said, look, Minister, and I said, don't worry, there's nothing going to happen while I'm there, but I have to make sure it, it doesn't and happen while after I'm there. I'm gone. Probably the crucial no, 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 but I, I have to make sure that it, you know, we secure this as a facility. And that's what I have worked towards during my time to secure it as a facility by getting the 10 million euro investment to open up the endoscopy and rehab units there or to develop new ones there to bring the theatre time up to five days a week. I mean, we still have only a theatre that's two and a half days a week. We have very, very significant progress. I want you with all the detail in, in a mm. forum like this and I'm happy to come back and talk on health issues if you want another time and obviously the CT scanner and you know we have a number of positive developments that are there but the bottom line is it is a rural remote hospital it is the only one in the entire country so we need to have representation in the next government so I would be calling on politicians that are putting themselves forward you know, and I particularly mean independence. You know, I mean, if you're not willing to step up to the plate and be part of the next government, well, then you know, all the noise and empty rhetoric about Bantry Hospital or any other hospital is just that. Because if you look at Roscommon, look at Nina, look at Innes, despite all the protests and all the hot air and resignations, and if you remember, Dennis Nocton resigned from Fine Gael, but it didn't matter if Jot, it mm-hmm. still went ahead. Like you need to be in government, and people need to step up to the plate and be prepared to take the tough decisions and get into government. And if we have some in government supporting us the next time round, well then it won't happen you know but you need to have and when I say government I really need at ministerial level is, is really where you need to be you right. need to have a ministerial or a junior ministerial ideally Okay now um, I think I've described you before as a bit of a Marmite politician um, you're, you seem to be loved and hated in equal measure, measure and you've got a pretty rough ride I'd have to say on social media from time to time but I never thought it phased you that much how did you manage that because a lot of politicians have backed off social media for the very reason that it's really uh, quite a, a nasty place out there at the moment. Yeah, I, I'll have to say again, hand in my heart, and I know you know I've no reason to lie. I've certainly, no, I've never have lied uh, in in you know in my public life here, are my responsibilities. I've never found social media uh, difficult at all. Uh, if you look at my own pages, I really rarely ever uh, saw any negatives on my own pages. I gather maybe in other pages, I don't I don't look at other forums or anybody who wouldn't have the courage to say it my own page. I wouldn't go looking at you know other ones. So I don't see a lot of it. I'll be honest, and uh, I've always found myself particularly lucky because that my own pages people. Have very, I got very, very little of it uh, on my own uh, page is over the years. Um, but yeah, you get some, of course. You say that I loved and hate in equal measure. I'm not sure that... Uh, I mean, I find that a bit a bit amusing. Yeah, certainly not everybody agreed with Jim Daly. And I would be very proud of my conviction that I had all the way through politics. Um, and I think people always admired that they knew where 
they stood with me. I wasn't a guy, and I think you as a journalist will appreciate that as well, that I was always happy to see it as I saw it. Uh, and I didn't always look to take the popular route. And I didn't get into politics to be popular. I want to win a popularity contest. But people might say maybe that's why you're leaving, that you 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 didn't take the rough with the smooth and that maybe you found it very aggressive and your personality wouldn't lend itself to that, that very aggressive environment. Okay. Um, no, I think I'm probably in a space now politically, in the best space I was ever in politically, certainly on a national level. You know, like, sure, you know, as a Minister of State, I have phenomenal achievements, particularly in infrastructure across West Cork. And I think that's accepted widely by even my harshest of critics would say that there's been an unprecedented level of money put into West Cork during Jim Daly's time as a Minister of State. So, you know, I, I don't get any negativity at the moment, even like But before. maybe you're too nice for politics is what I'm saying. Maybe it's just a, yeah. it's a very harsh environment. Yeah. And yeah. you seem to have opted out at quite a young age. Yeah, no, it hasn't anything to do with people's attitudes to me or their responses to me socially or otherwise. I mean, like you, you will remember particularly, say, the Eighth Amendment and the changes to that. And, you know, that, that would have been a campaign, sure, of course, that was very divisive and mm-hmm. very difficult to take a courageous position on. And I think you would and others would acknowledge that I did that for right or for wrong. Not everybody would agree what I did. So, of course, people, some people think you're great, you're, you're fantastic. Other people think you're awful, what you did there. So that's part and parcel. But I never had a difficulty with that and I always did that you know if I look back at other issues over the years as well in West Cork yeah I took controversial positions but I took a position all the time and people knew where I stood and I enjoyed that aspect of it Uh, it gave me a feeling of real you know sustainable uh, politician feel to it that you know people will get what I, I won't take two sides of the road. I won't be all things to all people. I won't pretend to be something or I won't try and please everybody because you never do that. No, the reason I left politics had nothing to do with people's reaction to me or people's liking me or not liking me enough or anything like that. I found politics very, very incessant. Like I just felt it just went on and on. And the busier I got and the more productive I got and the more time I gave to it, you still got back home and then you felt guilty because you know what, there's something on in the memory tonight. I should mm. be there. And, and you have a big family as well. I have. I have a lot of children yeah. and stuff. So, you know, you, you want to try and... Uh, so I think after 16 years, I just kind of said, you know what, I've achieved a lot. Uh, and I'm very, very happy with what I have achieved. And I think I've seen a lot and learned a lot. And if you were to ask me what was the most I got out of politics was actually what I've learned. I mean, it's been phenomenal to learn the amount I know and that I understand how things work. Um, like we talk about health there and I could go into so many details and go across a range of issues. So I've really, really enjoyed the learning of it. But I also have enjoyed recognising the time has come that, you know, I, I think I've my bit done. And, and have you plans made? I, or you I genuinely don't. I mean, I've started out looking. to get a little bit panicky when people are asking me what I'm <laughs> going to do. I'm actually starting to panic because I always thought this election was going to be me and that I'd be minister for June or July. You know, a couple of months that I was going to look at September nearly to have to. And now I'm kind of saying, my God almighty, I'm... Uh, like my doll uh, income stopped last Tuesday and that's it, gone. You know, you're just kind of saying, oh my God, I need to start looking at it. So I don't have anything. I have absolutely nothing. Are you going to moment. go back to teaching? Is that an option? I don't anticipate doing so, no. Um, if I have to, I will, but it wouldn't be my choice at this okay. moment in time. I think I'd like to do something new again and something different again. It would have to be challenging. It would have to be, that's the type of person I am. I like new challenges. Um, so where that will take me, I don't know. Uh, I genuinely don't know. I, I must sit down and find time. I was in Dublin all week. I'm, I I haven't cleared my calendar like many ministers do at an election time. They just clear their calendar the minute the, the election is called. I continue. I'm still being paid as a minister. I still have the responsibilities as a minister. So I'm, I'm still fulfilling a lot of duties on a national stage between now and, and the, you know, whenever the new minister is appointed. So I've been very busy in Dublin this week. I'm on the road again most of the next week, up and down the country. I'm in Galway. I'm in Watford. I'm in 
Kerry, I'm in Cork City, I'm, you know, I'm up in Donegal. So a lot of, um, you know, business still to do as that. So I think once that'll stop, uh, as soon as that stops, I'll get to draw a breath and I will actually start job hunting. And will you uh, resign from the party then? Or will you... Uh, no, I wouldn't. No, no, no. So I'm, you'll uh, still have an interest in Oh, I still, oh God, yeah, I'd still be very interested in politics and still very uh, strong Fine Gael, um, supporter and member and all of that and like have fantastic memories of politics and, you know, I've been at so many Fine Gael meetings over all the years but I remember as a young fellow going to one of them, you know, when I had a pub in Roscarpe I went to a Fine Gael meeting and I thought, oh God, I don't know, would I, would I, would I stick these at all, you know, kind of thing back in the day that was, I was maybe 20 years of age and there are a lot of places for young people. It's hard to see young people get involved. I think as you get older, more responsibilities, politics becomes more real to you. Now, some young people are fantastic and great to join. But anyway, I've gone to the hell of a lot of Fine Gael meetings since then and I, cont- I intend to continue. And outside of politics, what gives you a buzz? Um, very avid reader, love reading. I really, really love reading, and I again don't have time for reading, and I just love reading. I mean, a good book would just, you know, uh, I'm fascinated with. Uh, I suppose some politics, maybe. What political <laughs> books? <laughs> no, I know. I, I I would read thrillers. I read everything. I read right. crime fiction, all of that. I I just love reading. Um, I would leave uh, read on nature. Um, I hope to get back to things like even, you know, I used to, I was a member of Gorilla Fitness in Clannacilty before I had time for that, things like that I don't have now. I look forward to getting back to, to that and try to, you know, get back and be a bit more healthy and live a healthier lifestyle and, and things like that as well. Um, travel, I love travel. I do. I love uh, travel. There's no question about that. I would like to do a bit more of that. Uh, you do a lot of it as a politician. Maybe outside of Ireland rather than up and down yeah, the, yeah. the you roads do a lot of, of You do country. a lot of travel as, as a politician, but it's always work-related. Even when you go abroad, people think it sounds amazing. Oh my God, you got to go. You know, and I did. I got to go to India and I was to represent Ireland for Paddy's Day. And it was fantastic to see that country. But when you go abroad under the government's remit, you know, you have a top-heavy agenda from start to finish. You don't get to you kind of really see outside. So mm. looking forward to do a bit of that. Um, so, and I think they, I think there's a new career ahead of me. I genuinely don't know what it is, um, but uh, you know, I've spent all my adult life in the in the front of house, if you like. You know, at 21 years of age, I owned my own pub. It was very unusual that time to have somebody at 21 years of age owning their own pub. So you were kind of in a small, you were a big fish in a small bowl or whatever. You know, you were somebody, you were kind of, that's your man that bought the pub in Ross Carby. I was a principal in my 20s, which brings again, you know, an element of front of house Mm. and public eye and responsibility. And I've been in politics, you know, for 16 years as well. So I'm looking forward to kind of taking a step sideways from that to some degree. Maybe not so high profile. Maybe not so high profile, but at the same time, I think I'll still stick with the, you know, I think it'll be a challenging career, whatever I'll go for. I don't think I'll be somebody that will just... um, Fade away. You fade away and, and retire or whatever, yeah. So, you know, and look, you asked the question about highlights. I'd have to say the highlights were we were straight off at the health or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. the health and the delivery and all that. There was low times in politics, make no bones about it. Sometimes are very challenging. It can be a very lonely place to be when it's, you know, when it doesn't go your way or when things are going negative. Um, but all in all, I would have to say it is a great career. I would really suggest anybody who's thinking of going into politics to do it. I was an accidental politician. My dad rang me one day out of the blue and just said to me, you often talk about politics and you're always interested in politics. Would Fine Gael have a convention coming up for local politics? Would you think of putting your name in? And I said, yeah, Dad, I won't. I said, sure, look, my eldest fellow's just born. We have a new baby in the house. And, you know, I said, I'm just principal of a school. And I have enough going on. I think I had a bed and breakfast as well in Clown at the time. I said, I have enough going on. And he said, fine, so 
and he put down the phone and that left and then me, you started thinking that left me so unsettled he'd normally say you're a pity about you you think you're the only one that ever had a baby and that you think you're the only one that ever you know so I he sounded I, disappointed did he yeah he no he actually kind of just he left it which I couldn't believe it's not him it's not him he'd normally say god on wait you think you're the busiest man going sure you, you know but he just said fine sorry Yersha Jim shall we leave it at that so kind of thing and then I just, I couldn't get out of my head. I just couldn't get out of my head. And I picked up the phone to Michael O'Sullivan, the chairman of Ross Carberry branch, where I was a member. He called a meeting and the rest, as they say, is, is his 16 years later, years on, here yeah. we are. Yeah, and uh, I'd still be very clear it was about what I learned along the way and learning how things work, how things operate. And, of course, learning the greatest skill of all, and that is people, you know, the way people think, trying to understand what people, you know, will react and try to read people. Psychology involved, get, right. The psychology mm-hmm. part of it, the psychological, mm-hmm. it's, it's, politics is really, really fascinating that way. Well, listen, best of luck in the future, whatever you choose to do. And thanks very much. That's all. Thanks, Siobhan. Thank Thanks, indeed. Thanks for listening to the Southern Star Election 2020 podcast. Don't forget to pick up this week's Southern Star for all the latest election news, including interviews with candidates, analysis and comment. Available every Thursday in shops across West Cork and online from anywhere in the world via www.southernstar.ie. The Southern Star, your go-to destination for election 2020. Welcome back to the Southern Star's election 2020 podcast. Our reporter, Jackie Kyo, has been out and about chatting to voters in Skibbereen, and here's her report. Sharon Rose McKeever, you uh, live in Baltimore and you work in Skibbereen, and you're well known as a community activist. Can I just ask you, coming into the election, what are the issues facing places like Skibbereen and Baltimore, oh, or the I, country even. Yeah, well, there's lots of issues now. Like I know from my own um, family and lifestyle, it's like, you know, the housing issue is like, I mean, we need more affordable housing for families living in, 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 in throughout the area. Do you know, it's um, it's difficult for a lot of families to get onto the housing ladder. Do you know what I mean? It's like a lot of people, what they're paying in rent is what you could be paying in a mortgage. Do you know? And um, it's ridiculous. So I think we need to like wise up and get people into houses. And and um, just in relation to Skibbereen and Baltimore, particularly like in a local area, what do you think they need? Well, actually, from the business side of things, actually, um, we need to look at to try and get more people um, uh, buying locally. Do you know what I mean? It's like so many people are buying online and um, like on the high street. I mean, there's so many places that are closing down. We need to have um, more like things maybe reduce the rates you know for a start um, give young businesses a chance there's so many people who are really out there trying to get like businesses off the ground give them somewhere to run maybe even um, maybe don't charge rates for the first two years and let them get off the ground get their businesses driving then introduce rates get things going and give everyone a chance because the more that's in an area the more economic and productive an area comes Jasper Hampton, you've opened a new shop here in Skibbereen. How do you think Skibbereen is faring? Um, there's a lot of places that I'd like to see filled that are empty at the moment. Um, so we've just filled one of those spaces. Uh, I'm quite new to town. I, I've only been here a few months. Um, but I did live, live here maybe 10 years ago and I'd say more places were open. Right, but you're not new to West Cork. No. Do you think local politicians are doing enough? Um, 
I, the only person that I've had to anything to do with was Jim Daly, and he was doing a fantastic job, but he's leaving politics, he's not going up again, so I don't really know anyone else apart from him, um, but he was great. Okay, and on the national scale, what do you think are the issues that politicians will have to uh, address? What will voters be saying to them on the doorsteps? Hmm. Housing crisis. Uh, that would be top of my list. Michael Thornhill, you're a businessman here in Skibbereen. What do you think are the biggest issues facing the town coming into this election? Coming into this election, uh, I'd say investment for the likes of the convent no above and uh, North Street and developing that and finishing off different aspects around town. Um, and it was great to get the flood relief completed and finished. Very good. And do you think the politicians have delivered? Uh, to a degree, but uh, a lot of uh, things had to be done by ourselves. And so. Of the three seats, do you think that the western part of the constituency is well represented? Uh, generally, the way it pans out, that's what it, it pans out. As in the it kind of divides into three anyway, naturally. Okay, very good. So. And um, Michael Collins is standing again. Um, are you saying who you'd support, or would you like to see somebody closer to Skibbereen? Well, he he is he has an office here in Skibbereen, but um, you have Karen Coakley now, and you have Christopher Sullivan, and um, so you have a good range around here too. Very good. And are you indicating in any way which way you'll be leaning? We'll see what they come up with. Adrian Pollock, you do volunteer work here in Skibbereen, but you live in Clonakilty. Do you think Clonakilty is a progressive town and well catered for by its politicians? Yes, very much so. Um, Clonakilty is a small town with a cosmopolitan feel. Um, it's a community-minded town. People care about each other. Um, Christopher O'Sullivan, who is our councillor, who is also the County Cork Mayor right now, um, is doing a fantastic job uh, for what he's doing. Like, do politicians deliver? No. Okay. And will you be saying that to Christopher O'Sullivan? Will you be going to him with a wish list? When he comes... The only wish list that I think right now is the most important is this planet. And if we don't do something, we're not going to be here. Dermot O'Sullivan, you're a businessman here in Skibbereen. What do you I think the town needs? Um, definitely, I think the, uh, prior to when they were doing up Main Street in Skibbereen, they had a one-way system. Yes. When Main Street was closed, and I thought it worked unbelievably well. Um, but since the Main Street has reopened, is the North Street has gone back to two-way. Okay. Um, so I think that's something definitely that, could, that they could look at. Um, I also think the bus stop outside Callan's and Bridge Street. Um, uh, I don't think there's any need for it. Okay. Um, there's a lot of congestion Unbelievable. There. Like mm. even today now I was in the uh, church car park and it took me five minutes to get out because it was a bus stop. Traffic was going all the way back to Tornell's or even further back down Street. Okay. So that really that was really frustrating for me today. But um I just think um 
And, and in your own business, um, what are the obstacles that you face? In which side? In your own business. Uh, insurance is absolutely crazy. Um, I, I, we, we have a nightclub in, well, I have the 10-year bar in Scarbine Main Street, but uh, we also have the nightclub upstairs as well. Mm -hmm. And what we're paying in, uh, uh, yearly is absolutely crazy. And I just think even shows when I think from Cork City to Killarney, we're the only nightclub that's left between Cork City and County Kerry. Wow. I think there might be one in Madden might be uh, might be might be open, but I know the one in Clannacilty is definitely after closing. Um, <laughs> is there any one of them that you'd endorse for having done a particular thing or the gentleman that's getting the Mick McCarthy statue well the talks Jim Daly. Yes. He's done a good good bit for West Cork and I think um you see him locally quite a bit as well. Um So you're sorry to see him go? Yeah. Thanks to Jackie Kyo for that report and you can watch the full report on the Southern Stars YouTube channel right now. Thanks for listening to the Southern Star Election 2020 podcast. Don't forget to pick up this week's Southern Star for all the latest election news, including interviews with candidates, analysis and comment. Available every Thursday in shops across West Cork and online from anywhere in the world via www.southernstar.ie. The Southern Star, your go-to destination for election 2020. Today we're chatting to one of our first-time voters in this general election, David Giles from Town. And David was a joint winner in the Primerica Spirit of Community National Awards for his volunteer work. And he's also a prominent member of various youth organisations. In 2018, he was invited to the European Youth event in the European Parliament to see our European politicians in action. And David is currently studying law and business in UCC. So David, tell us a little bit about yourself and your interests. Um, so I've been interested in politics now for quite a while. Right. I've um, had great opportunities to work with local TDs and policy making on a European level, um, as you said, when I went to Strasbourg a few times there last year. Um, and I'm doing law and business in UCC, so um, it all kind of ties into my interests. And as a member of different youth organisations, I'm interested to see what the politicians are willing to do for the youth voice and for youth engagement. So. Right, and um, I'm sure you've probably looked at some of the television coverage in Leinster House and yeah. you've an interest in politics anyways, probably yes. even through, through law. How do you feel about the current crop of politicians? I think that we're lucky that we've had good representation in Cork South West and even on a European front we've maintained our own in the Brexit negotiations I think but our leadership in different areas like housing and health Kind of, it has proven itself not to be capable of dealing with the issues that we have at hand. Right. And I think we do need to kind of look towards new leadership in those areas. And um, what are the issues affecting young people in West Cork today? Now, would you say? I think that young people are very concerned about the environmental threats, um, both to Ireland and across the world. And these threats, I suppose, as younger generations, if they don't affect the older generations, they'll most definitely impact directly upon our lives. And then, even from an educational perspective, um, as a student, I know the cost of student accommodation is very high in Cork City. And then that's twinned with um, a public transport system that is disproportionately more expensive if you're living in West Cork in comparison to the bigger cities and even other rural areas around the country. Yeah. And do you, what you've seen so far now, do you um, have confidence that a new government would be able to address any of these issues? Um, I think it will depend on who's elected very much so. And I think the politicians that are elected will need to realise that 
I suppose throwing funding at the problem without any specific direction isn't going to give, bring about the change that we need. Um, I think we need to bring about system change um, and kind of change the complete way that we look at transport, the way we look at the clothing industry, the way we look at agriculture even, which is so big over West Cork. But in terms of this system change, I think it has to make sense for West Cork as well. And uh, do you think that the government is doing enough to get young people out to vote this time? Now we have a Saturday election, which they're claiming will, will boost the, the student vote. I think, yeah, I think it will benefit the student vote, really. But I suppose one issue that I see now that a lot of my friends are registering and are first-time voters is that there is this real kind of administrative barrier to voting in that it is quite an ordeal to register to vote in the first place. Right. Yeah, um, in a lot of European countries, you can just apply online, as you can in Ireland, to, for your passport or for your driver's licence. But I don't see any reason why a service in Ireland couldn't be made available for that, especially considering that young people, if they weren't aware of the upcoming election, are essentially given a week to register before the deadline. So I think more could be done on that front, really. So on that now, are many of your friends in college voting? Have they spoken to you about it? Or is there, yeah, I think... There's kind of an impression among older generations that there's a lot of apathy with young, with young people as regards uh, politics. But how, how are you finding um, it? I think, yeah, young people are a lot more kind of mobilised to vote and a lot more interested in voting than in the past, say. And even in past generations, I don't think the youth voice would have been taken as seriously and would have had contributed to policy as much. But now that young people are, I suppose knowing their own minds and are not necessarily voting based on the party that their parents would have voted on. Um, we now have access to more information and more kind of through social media and more of the policy that people are bringing forward. So I think young people are driven to take an interest in voting and see what are the opportunities for them. And of course in the last few referenda we did have quite a... <coughs> strong youth uh, movement and there was I think a hashtag home to vote mm. are any of your contemporaries coming home from abroad? Um, I can't say I know many people that are coming home from abroad now for this election but I think that it is kind of a thing that will be looked at kind of across across Europe and see are the trends that we see across Europe being replicated in Ireland especially the green movements and that kind of stuff that we have seen and whether the candidates that are more environmentally focused will do well in this election as they have done in other elections. And uh, finally, do you want to tell us how you might vote or what way you're um, leaning? I, I would be leaning towards the more progressive candidates. Um, so not the traditional parties? Perhaps not the traditional parties. Um, and I suppose there is young progressive candidates that um, are kind of newcomers to this election. But I think that we should be placing our faith in um, the new parties and of seeing what they can offer for us, really, in this coming election. And we have, of course, the PR system here now, which means you can basically give everybody a vote. Yes, yeah. How, are young people kind of engaged enough that they would run down the whole list, do you think, or are people um, just going to put I their think, number one? I think people are more engaged than they would have been beforehand, even in the European elections. <coughs> Sorry. Um, it was kind of the number threes and the number four votes that did bring the last candidates over the line. So I think... Um, if we do kind of realise the importance of the lower numbers of votes, then that can make a big difference to candidates, really. Thanks very much, Thank David. So Thanks much for coming me. in today. Thanks for listening to the Southern Stars Election 2020 podcast. If you enjoyed it, please make sure to rate, review and subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, Acast, Stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Thanks for listening to another Southern Star Media podcast production. Stay connected to West Cork by subscribing to our e-paper and support local, quality and trusted journalism. Visit www.subscribe.southernstar.ie